Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the EMJ podcast. My name is George Cooper. I'm a podcast host and medical writer. And today I'm delighted to be bringing you two interviews from the ULAR 2022 Congress in Copenhagen. Before we start, a few housekeeping notes. This medical education podcast has been sponsored by Medic, the market leader and innovator in subcutaneous methotrexate. Throughout this podcast, our guests will be sharing some expert tips on methotrexate, otherwise known as MTX therapy, in rheumatoid arthritis patients to improve their vaccination response in relation to COVID and beyond. And we'll also be shining a spotlight on MTX therapy in RA with regards to increasing response with combination therapy. Firstly, I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Mikkel Ostergaard who is currently a professor of rheumatology at the University of Copenhagen and is a consultant in rheumatology and chairperson of the Copenhagen Centre of Arthritis Research. Throughout this interview, Professor Ostergaard shares his insights as to how we can increase the response of NTX therapy in rheumatoid arthritis using combination therapy. Hope you enjoy. Professor Ostergaard, could you please summarise the role of MTX in international RA treatment guidelines? So methotrexate is, is part of, of all, you could say, international guidelines in reality, not the least in the EULA guidelines also, where it's considered the, the anchor drug uh, in that way that it's, it should be used as the initial treatment um, in early RA patients or RA patients being treated based on both the fact that it works well by itself and that it um, is a good, uh, it's good in combination with different other drugs like other conventional DMARTs and biological DMARTs and that. I see. In your talk, you highlighted the role of subcutaneous MTX in the treatment of patients with RA. What are the main advantages of subcutaneous MTX over oral MTX? But there is there is a few. Um, one of the things is uh, that one study has shown that the uh, availability, bioavailability of um, of the drug is uh, you could say reaching a plateau with all uh, methotrexate around 15 milligrams per week, and that is not the case with the, with the um, uh, subcutaneous administration. So that gives a higher availability in the higher doses which we generally use. And secondly, there's uh, less gastrointestinal uh, side effects. Uh, there's been studies that have compared in uh, treatment naive patients uh, the response rates, which are also um, regarding HR20 and 70 higher for um, for subcutaneous compared to oral. So there, there's there's several. I see. Thank you. And you also focused on the 48 week results of the Nord Star trial. What are the key results of this study? Well, the key results of, of that trial, which is comparing uh, an active conventional therapy with uh, methotrexate-based conventional therapy plus uh, glucocorticoids, and then three different um, biologicals with different modes of action, also in combination with methotrexate, is that, first of all, you can achieve quite a very high remission rates with all of the different arms, including the conventional arms combined with methotrexate and steroids, around 40%. But also that the combination with some of the biologics, particularly abatacept and cetolizumab-pagol, works even better regarding remission rates. And then 
certainly that uh, when we looked at radiographic progression within the one year of, of uh, so far we have the data, there were no difference. And very limited um, progression actually, less than, than around one, a half point in a Schaffender-Heider score, which is, is pretty low. Professor Ostergaard, thank you very much for your time. A huge thank you there to Professor Ostergaard for sharing his insights with us. Next up, we have Professor Jerd Burmister, who is a professor of medicine in rheumatology and clinical immunology at the Charité Berlin. Throughout this interview, Professor Burmester shares his expert tips on MTX therapy in rheumatoid arthritis patients, on how to improve the vaccination response for COVID-19 and beyond. Hope you enjoy. Professor Burmester, would you mind please outlining the main outcomes of the Wasserman study and explain a little bit about why it is you conducted this study? Yes, we conducted the study to find out if holding methotrexate for a certain time period, either before or after the vaccination, would be important. And it turned out that in a special population of patients who were older than 60 years, it really made great sense to do so because the uh, vaccination response was much stronger in those in whom we paused uh, methotrexate for uh, more than one time. And, and the time period was about 10 days that we found out. Could you describe the effect of MTX hold for COVID-19 vaccination in a little bit more detail, please? And should MTX be paused in each patient undergoing the COVID-19 vaccination? Yeah, that's an important question. So a patient is sitting in front of you and is asking for advice. What should I do? My vaccination is scheduled for next week. Should I pause methotrexate, for instance? And then I say, yes, based on our findings, that should be done. And because the, the time period is about 10 days that we found out in, in, in the trial. So we would say, yes, have the vaccination. It doesn't really matter when your methotrexate was before the vaccination. It matters only afterwards, interestingly. So that makes it much easier. And then let's say your, your next vaccination is on Tuesday, then please, uh, and you would have methotrexate on the day after, please discontinue this one and, and the subsequent one because then you have the 10 days. If it, let's say you are on Tuesday and your, your methotrexate would be on, on Sunday, then of course it would make sense to only pause it once. So it's, it's quite easy and also, I mean, you could also advise the patient uh, to say, well, forget about your old methotrexate day, um, just uh, take it 10 days after your vaccination. But most patients, they are sort of used uh, to their uh, special methotrexate day so that the first approach is a little bit easier. Oh, I see. So patients can keep their normal routine. Yeah, exactly. Because they know sometimes, well, if I take it on Friday uh, evening, uh, I uh, have, have a Saturday to cope maybe with some symptoms and I don't have to go to work. So that makes it a little bit easier. And they're really used to the methotrexate day. According to the results of your Wasserman study, interruption of MTX therapy of at least 10 days following COVID-19 vaccination should be considered in elderly patients. How would you transfer this into clinical practice? Or in other words, how often must MTX be suspended? Yeah, I think that's, that's very important because not every patient in, sitting in front of us really needs to do so. So we found out that there was a threshold of about 60 years. So if there is a, 
A young lady, let's say 35, she's well controlled, no, no significant disease activity. There we don't really have to do anything. So we can say, well, just keep on with your regular methotrexate schedule. If there is a patient above 60 years old, I think it's, it really matters a lot because the immune system ages and uh, is not as strong as in a 35-year-old lady. So there it is, of, of course, important to pause and to inform the patient. Actually, this works quite well. Uh, the patients are quite receptive because they, they understand the concept and they are also eager to help their immune system. So actually, we didn't have many problems in, in, in discussing and convincing our patient that this would be a good approach. I see. And do generally patients show good adherence? It uh, was actually, uh, um, I, I learned this uh, when, when I saw all these patients. And also it made other vaccinations uh, much easier. Now the patients, they, 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 they know the concept. So they go to their um, herpes zoster vaccination. They go to influenza vaccination, mm -hmm. pneumococcal vaccination. This is now a part of our routine work. And that was much more difficult prior to the COVID era. So this helps you beyond COVID-19? Yes, uh, so, so this study really helped us in informing our patients and in order to have a much better vaccination schedule. Professor Burmester, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. And that concludes today's discussion. Thank you to Professor Ostergaard and Professor Burmester for sharing their expertise with our audience. If you enjoyed this episode, Please don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We release a new episode every Friday, as well as plenty of bonus episodes like this one. Until next time, take care and goodbye for now. Mm -hmm.